Welcome to Old Man Blurred. Hi, I'm John, and along with my friend Terrence, we make up a pair of lifelong geeks who happen to be black, over 50, but are certainly nerds first and foremost. The Alpha Geek and the Omega Freak. And we welcome everyone. And by everyone, we mean nerds, blurds, and bleaks, cosplayers and role players, geeks and freaks, Marvel zombies and distinguished competitors, Trekkies, Star Warriors, Bat Maniacs, and Spider fans, Warhams, Whovians, AFALs, adult fans of Legos, Tolkienites, Weeaboos, Supernatural Hunters, and Otakus, Ava Geeks, Bro Stars, and Sis Stars, Pokemon Trainers, Potterheads, Bronies, Whovians, Browncoats, and Scoobies, and all nerd properties in between. Because we are over 50, we've seen a thing or two and have experience, long experience, with a lot of these properties. So thank you for listening to Old Man Blurred. Hello. Hey, there you are. Finally. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, because it was not saying that I could uh, unmute you, uh, which is weird. But anyways, hello. Anyways. We're here. All right. Yes, we are. Uh, an abbreviated version of the newly name changed used to be blurred vision, but blurred vision was taken. And now it's old man blurred, which could have been old man geek, but I was like, I've already got old man blurred. We'll keep it. Not that we're old. Like you said, last week, we are refined, but yes, like a wine. Exactly. But with that, we are old enough to, uh, say that some of the things that are nerdy uh we have experience with that is going on 30 40 years whereas i was looking at some of the other blurred podcasts all respect intended uh they're all in their like 20s and 30s pups (laughs) it's like hardly (laughs) hardly inconvenient to be a, a blurred now so a lot different uh than it uh than it was then so well yes and that's what gives us the advantage because we can talk about the old days as they want to say right the old days yeah like so when spider-man with nicholas hammond used the rope for webbing yeah right <laughs> so terrence my brother from another mother uh what nerdy thing are you up to right now well i got my website being worked on for my project as far as the video game con and they're working on that now and I'm uh, paying in the process for the hotel. Sorry, I lost connection with you there for a second. Could you repeat that? Yes, I, I, uh, I have started uh, my, the website that was working on for my video game convention is being worked on right now and in process paying for the hotel for the event. Oh, nice. Could you explain that to the folks listening? The event? Well, it's simple. I would to do a video game uh, event. And first of all, not many people of our hue do such things. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about the entire video game experience. Oh, okay. So you have some voice actors, some talent, some rooms for Exactly. Like playing. there's some people that are very good at just doing trees, but their trees look real. Nice. 
and they should be they should actually be praised for that because you know not everybody can do a tree ask the folks at uh i guess it was pokemon sword and shield where the trees were kind of a little funky <laughs> yes in pixar too sometimes that's true that's true trees in water are always real tough to animate or to uh program as far as video games um i'm trying to think what i'm up to at the you know you mentioned uh before the podcast my one piece uh little skull cap that i'm wearing i'm i'm getting back to watching one piece that's the nerdy thing i've done this week. is it the live action or are you comparing the live action to the anime uh the anime actually i've seen all of the live action i'm at uh episode 800 of the animated series and i took a break for a while because i was like this is i just was watching nothing but one piece which it's great but after a while i was just like oh i gotta i gotta take a break from nothing but one piece so started watching mob psycho again and jujutsu kaisen and some other anime stuff that i was really interested in and seeing on my hiatus from the job that is watching one piece <laughs> well that's the way it is with some geekdom isn't it i mean like you were to watch star trek that's a good 700 hours yeah right well you know i have to tell a, a geek secret uh i have seen all of the original star trek i've seen all of next gen but i haven't seen that much of deep space nine which i hear is stellar um that it is really really good and i've only probably seen maybe a half a season maybe the full first season of that isn't that crazy i know isn't that i mean that is they're gonna have to record uh, uh, they're gonna have to revoke my my blurred card because you know uh, avery brooks is the lead actor in that uh you know uh, uh, the lead character in a sci-fi series was uh played by him an african-american and have not seen the whole thing shame shame you should not be ashamed only because you recognize where you are lacking (laughs) that is that is true this is your saving grace yes yes (laughs) that i recognize my frailty exactly i have to admit yeah that i'm gonna so i you know i'm sure people out there are screaming how could you not see that series because i you know from all that i've heard on it uh pretty much it is the second best series in star trek i think that a lot of folks are saying next gen is number one and the old trek kind of doesn't count um and then deep space nine yeah deep space nine and then from there is more like moments and that's the best way to put it across all the other series yeah, because I know I watched a good chunk of Voyager. I think I probably watched all of Voyager. Um, well, you know, well, to navalize their ships, the Voyager was more like the submarine adventures. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, well, now I've, I've outed myself. I, I haven't seen Deep Space Nine. But catching up on One Piece is the nerdiest thing I've been doing this week. Um, trying to think of anything else. I think that's about it. I plan out. We need to get to Mile High Comics at some point together. I haven't yes. been. I haven't been in a, a bit. Um, 
I have not gotten new comics in a a while, and I let my Marvel Unlimited subscription lapse uh, a month ago or two months ago. So I am shame, to, shame. I know, I know that's <laughs> second, the second thing that I have to be ashamed of. Um, so my comic book reading, aside from old issues that i've already read a billion times has has been lacking for the last few months too man i know i know i know i may you know that we already turned it we already turned in our black card oh god don't do chitlins i can't dance well i i allow for chitlins on uh thanksgiving my mother makes them i quietly and in the closet will eat them away from everyone (laughs) Yes, because of the odiferousness. <laughs> yes, and then I'll come out and say, "Yes, I'm quite vegetarian." <laughs> after after Thanksgiving, yeah, Thanksgiving, I'll have a very small, very almost cereal bowl of of chitlins and uh, with some hot sauce. And I, yeah, I, I, I don't those damn things. Um, but yes. So I have not lost all of the points in my more uh, stereotypically inclined uh, blackness. To <laughs> me, I lost it because well, I I, I I do hot sauce, but I I don't do basketball, and I don't do chitlins. <laughs> uh, I don't do basketball. Uh, yeah, th- there I lose points because I like hockey and soccer. But soccer, I guess, I could be an international man of mystery sort of african well yeah that's what got me too because when because you know my last name i swear to god my father was white when i was young oh well see but it's french it's a beautiful french name i agree but it's because i like soccer and tennis i I will say that in terms of colonial imperialists i'm a little soft with the french I, there, there's a part of me that's like you know i i think i have a i have a tendency of being of a similar temp uh, uh, te- uh i guess uh temperament to the french i can be occasionally snotty and judgmental and i do like philosophy so <laughs> well well see see and you know so you think about the french they were the first ones to accept us to a degree that's true uh james baldwin yeah, James Baldwin, all the jazz people, they left in the 50s and 60s to go there. Um, so I think that the minus with, you know, France is, of course, Algeria <laughs> and all of Northern Africa. The plus, though, is that as long as you speak French and are born there, they don't really care. You know, no, they don't. They don't really care. Oh, see, my phone always rings while I'm here on on our podcast and it was it was a commercial i need to always remember to mute but that's okay it was a good commercial yeah i just was like when you see that call that comes in it says uh possibly spam (laughs) (laughs) it's like no they couldn't stop them from calling us on our cell phones but they at least give us a heads up it's like possibly spam uh that's why i don't like off the subject a little is uh they're saying that the biggest video game environment right now are phone games. Huh. And I'm starting to hate phone games for the sure. very reason that we just mentioned, and that is commercials. Yes, they do have they do have a lot of commercials on phone games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have been playing. I, that is sort of a nerdy thing I do. It's like if I'm waiting in, an, a, you know, an office for, you know, my other job, one of my many other jobs, uh, I will sometimes open up the Warhammer uh, game that's on there. Uh, I forgot what it's called. I just downloaded it, and it's it's fun. Ton or something like that. Tactic attack. Uh, Tacticus, I think, is what it is. Tacticus. And yes, you're you, right. It is Tacticus. It's fine. It's fun. You know, I it's it's a it's it's a nice time eater. I mean, if I don't have my Switch where I'm just playing Pokemon or whatever else in an office, the waiting for the appointment or meeting, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just whip out that phone game. But yeah, commercials and upselling, they do a whole lot of that. And that's why I like disc again versus digital because I can see myself playing Skyrim 2, Elder Scrolls 6. <laughs> and if it's a disc, I can sit there and play it versus digital download. And out of nowhere, here's this commercial and I'm already finding a demon or dragon. I do not have time for that. That's true. You're, you're trying to save the world from the hellscape. <laughs> and they're disrupting my mindset. This is not good. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're, they're killing your vibe. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, is a is a Bioware girl um game is a Bioware game. I'm picking up a girl and it's not working, man. It's oh, well, there, you, there you go. Yeah, I just I found out in playing Baldur's Gate that there's romance options. So I think they're they're slowly, I guess, red pilling us to start doing dating sims in computer games in the West. <laughs> it's like it wait, okay. I want you to know, seduce the drow. <laughs> it's weird sometimes because like I, I i know this girl that's like 20 years younger than me and she looks actually like one of their computer game graphic girls it's like are you kidding me i mean built and everything it's like they just follow her oh, motion yeah. captured her yeah <laughs> i think that all of the voice actors are the faces of the characters in Baldur's gate as well i don't know if they went all the way in terms of their bodies though that I do not know. I would I would feel like they would have to get paid extra for that. <laughs> it's like okay, you can another. You could use you can use my face, but I don't know if you can use my <laughs> the rest of my body. Um, because yeah, you do get up to uh, some uh, naughty time in that in those games if you wish. I have not explored this. I just have been trying to survive and get to multiple uh, get to. I guess it's like the third act is the last act. Living's kind of more important than naughty time. Yes, <laughs> yes, but I think it's it's going to be the wave of the future. I do. What were you saying? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I thought. No, uh, no, but you did bring up something that that has been mentioned. As you know, the actor strike has ended. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, the voice actors were actually uplifted in a bad way because there was a small company that. All their actors are AI. All the vocal oh. actors are AI. Huh. As a cost saving measure. So the and voices were AI as well? Exactly. Huh. I didn't know that. I guess that makes sense. They could, you know, I assume, if they can make people to look like people in AI, they can certainly imitate the human voice. Well, yeah, but see, what people don't think about what you say is absolutely true, but it's hate to say this, but it's kind of like uh, when they have a clone or something in sci-fi, 
there's always something off. Hmm. You know, when they do the voice acting, there's some emotion that they're calling upon. Even June Frey, when she did Rocky, as in Rocky and Bowwinkle, mm-hmm. she called upon herself when she was a little girl to mm-hmm. do, you know, Rocky's voice. Mm-hmm. The AI is not going to have that reference. They can copy it, but it won't be the same. It's true, and I think it's. Uh, I think that was a big win for the Actors Guild and the Writers Guild is that they were not going to have AI likenesses uh, take over their jobs or use their likeness in AI settings. Like in other words, just you've acted once, and they're just going to take your image and use it in everything that they want to. Um, so that's a victory. I think it is arguably going to be delaying the inevitable because i do think that eventually it's just you know there are plenty of shows and plenty of movies that didn't seem like they were all that creative (laughs) and so i'm sure ai can write as good a movie as any number of sequels that are out there um so it's probably going to happen at some point I would not. Well, the end game, if you really think about it, will be the ultimate joy. We all have that movie we like, and they have the ending we don't like. Hmm. And when it reaches its nymph degree, you're going to find people have multiple endings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like a role playing game, literally, just like a role playing game. mm -hmm. Choose your own adventures. I'm sure that they could, uh, AI could tear that up. But that's. Speaking of Endgame, that will bring us to a news segment. Uh, there's going to be a Marvel's Avengers, uh, the the skyscraper. They're gonna they're gonna release the skyscraper, the Avengers Tower, uh, in Lego uh, I, I, later on this month. I think the twenty fourth. It's gonna be like five thousand pieces. Yeah, it's gonna be like six six hundred bucks. So wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess it comes with 31 minifigures. Um yeah, it's uh yeah, it's going to be a lot. But I think you get a free Lego ta- Marvel taxi <laughs> while supplies last. So Avengers Tower. So, you know, I'm sure there's not a whole lot of people that are going to necessarily want to pay 600 bucks for that, but there it is. If it was given to me, I'd take it. I was going to say, we, we all know we would do it if it didn't hurt so much. Yes, yes. If I was a multimillionaire, I might get it. Um, oh, oh, come on. You know you gave you a multimillionaire. Now, a thousandaire, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, multimillionaire, I think I would be like, okay, yeah. Uh, well, if I was a multimillionaire, I'd just have a Lego room. I would just say, okay, well, we're going to – this is going to be the Marvel Universe over here. <laughs> I'd have the street that has the Baxter building and the, you know, the Sanctum Sanctorum of uh, Doctor Strange and, you know, the Avengers Tower and everything else. I'd be like, oh, that's the Marvel section. Over here, we're going to do uh, the Star Wars section. Yeah, yeah. But just have yeah, a room in the Batman section because they really don't have DC. That's true. <laughs> well, they have. I think they have a little bit of Superman stuff, don't they? I mean, it's mostly yeah, Batman. Mostly Batman. Batman is mo- their go-to. Yeah, mostly Batman. I don't. I think they probably had some of the. Uh, well, did they? Maybe some of the Justice League at one point when the movie came out. I think so. When the movie came out, I think they did like five sets. You know, the flying bat as in, or the flying fox. Mm-hmm. That was Batman's uh, fortress, air fortress. Hmm. And then they did uh, Atlantis. 
Yeah, that checks out. Did a new version of Aquaman. There's like, I mean, Aquaman, I tell you, aside from Hawkman, there's like how many different versions of uh, of Aquaman are there? There's, of course, the Jason Momoa version. There's the one with the hook. There's the, you know, the hook and the beard and long hair. There's short hair Aquaman from the Super Friends. Right. There's a, there's the Smallville version. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of Aquaman. Um, he should get more props, but he just doesn't. I think it's just I think it's the orange and the green. I, I think as a color combo, that's not a that's not a favorite color combo for our our what is it four color heroes. <laughs> well, yeah, but they also said the reason that was that way is because that's supposed to be his his political prison outfit. Huh. That I did not know. Was he? A, so I I read the Peter David Aquaman, but that's about the only Aquaman I ever read. Ah, uh, where the shark took his hand. Yep, I read Hook Aquaman. Yes, <laughs> Hook Aquaman. I read. I, you know, but they it was like they had finally just like so many characters around the early 2000s they sort of figured out oh we can kind of write these based on modern scientific understanding of things and it was like well yeah aquaman to lift whales and throw them he would have to be super strong he'd have to be superman level to do the things he does under underwater well yeah the biggest thing was him being able to go to the bottom of the ocean that was the biggest thing yeah, because it's of like, the pressure. Yeah, it's like he's not getting crushed being in the Marianas Trench or anything like that. And but he's kind of thought to be this wimp of a sort. It's like yeah. not really, you know. He should he should have been thought to be far stronger. And so Peter David David wrote him that way. And I think Peter David also, but that's how you know he changed the Hulk around too in a good way. So hmm. I kind of tend to follow him a bit. And Peter David, I think I'm pretty sure it was Peter David that wrote that hook Aquaman. I could no, he did. He's the one that he did that and did he did the camouflage suit that they had for briefly that was like purple, blue, and white because hmm. it was supposed to be the shimmering of water. Hmm. Yeah, but see, that's the thing about superheroes. The, the tough thing about superheroes is I mean, in this okay, on the soapbox briefly. <laughs> the, the the tough thing about superheroes is you can't really change their costumes much without a bunch of consternation from all the fans. I mean, you could change Spider-Man to the black costume because arguably it was a pretty cool costume. But in general, you can't mess with the colors at all. You can't even, I mean, you know, I mean, I have not liked a Superman mm -hmm. suit in a long time at this point because of some of the changes they've made. But, you know, I'm a... I heard that they couldn't do it. I mean, they could do it, but it wasn't so much a backlash of the fans as licensing. Huh. For... If you think about it, they have an Aquaman suit, Aquaman suit, mm -hmm. and you have all these contractors paying for this costume look, and then they change the look to a four-year-old. That's not Aquaman again. Hmm. So it's 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 branding. It's all brand licensing and branding. You can't right. change. Hmm. Yeah. But what's interesting is that Batman has all kinds of suits, although you never see him in them except very briefly. You know, I think most of but, his most colorful suits were in the '60s, where he'd have the zebra suit and the pink suit and the all these different. 
<laughs> all these different well, suits that he had. Well, that's because they, they realized it was a suit. I mean, in essence, he could get away with it the same way as Iron Man can, you know, the Mark yeah. 27, the Mark 28, the Mark 1. Yeah, I, they, they've they've always been able to mess around with Iron Man's costume. Um, but they haven't been able to mess with too many people's costumes like and have them super varied. But I mean, with with Iron Man, it makes sense. It's like the technology changes. It's no longer a big clunky gold suit. Let's make it a, a streamlined red and gold suit, you know, mm-hmm. or let's make it a black suit or let's make it a silver and red suit. Um, it makes sense. The technology changes. But, you know, in general, it's like Hulk always has purple pants. <laughs> so Spider-Man. Not the TV show. He had green Crocs before they had Crocs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But in general, yeah, they don't mess with anybody's suit. I mean, they can mess with Wonder Woman's a bit. Because they can always say, oh, she's a warrior. So this is her warrior outfit. Right. right. And they always... That's always been the problem also when it comes to suits is that there are different in camps because like we were saying earlier last podcast about the different races like Black, mm-hmm. you know, Lightning and Black Volt. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing about... Uh, Black Manta. Yeah, they they were talking about... They had the lady who did Super super Indian. Mm-hmm. It's her superhero. Super And Indian. she was talking about how, you know, Indian women are strong and they always put them in the movies and in the comic books with leather fringe. Sure. And she was referring specifically to Dawn star. Sure. Sure. So when the, the, so they're specifically thinking native American Indian is what you were talking about. I gotcha. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and, and thunder, what was his name? Thunderbolt. It was thunder, thunderbird. Was thunderbird. Uh, That's right. Native American. Yeah, he was in for a hot second. He he died like three. I think it's because they realized they couldn't have two Wolverines because they basically had two jerks <laughs> who were, you know, brash and mean and short tempered. And they were like, well, the guy with the claws, let's have him stay. The other guy just runs fast and jumps and, you know, that kind of thing. So they kind of killed him off. Um, but they managed to bring him back over and over again. And each time it's just like, yeah, you guys didn't really know what to do with him, did you? <laughs> well, that's always the problem sometimes. <laughs> they don't know what to do. Like going back to when you were talking about the Legos, that's a good example of missed opportunity. There's no reason why there shouldn't be a thousand piece Green Lantern. And you just go nuts with the different green things. Like all the different alien the ring. Ring. Yeah, all the different. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you could just get a sort of transparent green, neon green stuff that you could make all kinds of different shapes out of. Um, I suppose there's someone out there that is a major Green Lantern fan, and they have done that. They've gone to the Lego store and they just farmed off, farmed out all of their <laughs> fluorescent green Legos to to make their giant fist or <laughs> whatever else. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, but again, Green Lanterns can't mess with the costume. You know, Fantastic Four can't mess with their costume either. You know, well, you can, but like, like Green Lantern, you have to have a lantern on it somewhere. You got to have Fantastic Four. You have to have four on it somewhere. <laughs> That's true. They did have it white there for a second. Oh, that brings see, I, I an interesting segue. 
segue to the next news piece. Uh, apparently, Jake Gyllenhaal is in casting rumors for the road role of Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four movie. Um, well, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Wasn't yeah, he? He was Mysterio. He was Mysterio in the in the Spider Man film. I don't know why they would. I mean, I guess they have cast people in multiple roles. Like, well, you know. they're playing off of that variant thing again. That's what they're doing. So he's in another universe. He's Reed Richards. Okay. Yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna mess that up. I just have no absolutely no faith in Marvel's whatever whatever phase this is. What is this phase four, five, <laughs> five? I'd have no faith in phase five. I I think uh, they they chose Kang, which it was fine, um, but you know uh, I I don't know. They they the the problem with that whole Marvel thing is they went to the biggest bad you could go to which was Thanos you can't go down from that you got to work your way up to that they were kind of doing that with Ultron and all that stuff but they had always had an idea that they were going to do Thanos and it's like you can't you know he in the comic book in the Infinity Gauntlet comic book he just he killed everyone <laughs> he did terrible, terrible things to everyone. You can't, you can't walk back and say, "Okay, well now we're going to do Kang." You should have done Kang before, you know. Kang. Well, the the idea of doing Kang now is basically to fill the void of Thanos. Sure, and but you can't, like I say, if you go all the way to the biggest bad, you have a hard time working your way down. It's like that's why you know the Fantastic Four movie. You can't go to Galactus, although. It would, you know, you could, but I mean, it'd be easier to go to Galactus and then down to Doctor Doom. But you can't start the Avengers movie with their worst, <laughs> their worst villain ever. You know, got to work your way up. Start with, you know, Count Nefaria or something. <laughs> no, what you say is absolutely true. It's just that you also remember that of comics at a certain age, the characters, their abilities were not equate it with what they should be able to do case in point was like aquaman yeah you know he just talked to fish and then as you said when science discovered the pressures oh my god he's not just a wimp no he's, he's not just taken up he's yeah. super strong he's super strong yeah so yeah that's but i think that's possibly part of the problem with comic books in general right now is that you know, at one point, a guy flying around in a suit like Iron Man was amazing. And now it's kind of like, well, everybody's got a, a computer, the equivalent of 10 times the uh, power and processing power of what got us to the moon <laughs> in their pocket. And they, right. they've got a movie camera in their pocket. They've got a tape recorder in their pocket. They've got every conceivable kind of thing it's like a swiss army machine in their pocket so it's hard to be super amazed by a guy in a suit <laughs> flying around so um yeah yeah I, I i don't know i don't know how they're gonna pull off the fantastic four i think it's gonna be kind of problematic and and the fact that you whenever you hear a movie i don't know tell me if you agree with this Every time you uh, hear about multiple casting rumors, multiple post-production, pre-production problems, uh, delays year after year, that's never a good sign for a movie. No, it isn't. But the good thing is once in a while is, as I call it, 
coined the phrase genetic casting is always a high attraction. What do you mean by genetic casting? Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, was that delayed? Was the were those X-Men movies delayed or just kind of delayed because nobody Sony had the rights and all that sort of thing? They were they were not delayed because Marvel was bankrupt at the time. They were giving out the rights to everybody. Sure. <laughs> they like, just couldn't realize fires. what they could do with it. Yeah, fire sale for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that if you listen to, I think there's a, the books Marvel, The Untold Story or something like that, that they go into how really into the movies uh, Stan Lee was. Um, he was just super into uh, Marvel properties turning into movies. So his vision, I think, really happened, you know, just before he died, of course. Um of all those things being turned into movies, but I don't know where they're going to go with anything at this point. You well, know? the problem with Marvel is that a lot of stuff, do you really want it to be a movie? Because sometimes the character are like slapstick, living cartoon in the Marvel universe. Sure. He's a, a D level superhero, but he has an A ability. Sure. And to, well, and some of them, let's be honest, the, the whole thing, works much much better uh as a serialized sort of form of entertainment that's why comic books work is you know month after month but that's also part of the limitation because that's why you can't change costumes so much um is that that's the advantage of the tv shows because you basically were watching a new episode Mm -hmm. when they had the cape tv show on nbc years ago they Mm -hmm. didn't call it a new episode they said the next issue that's sure. literally what they put in the title was issue two. Huh. For what was this again? It was the cape. It was basically like a Batman TV show. Uh, the concept was that a, a cop was accused of crime he didn't commit, got chased and basically faked his death to a degree, mm-hmm. was found by a circus, literally a circus. And the ringmaster had a liking to him and decided to help him be the superhero that his son admired, which was the cape. Hmm. And so right. like, they would use their thing from herbs, because like I said, he was a ringmaster. So he knew about you know a lot of the ancient magics. They were like using herbs or going to meditation or other things hmm. to help him fight crime. Hmm. I, I don't remember that one, but yeah. So, and they called it issue two. They call it issue two or three. Hmm. And the closest they had to a, a superpower is they had a girl who was genetically altered to alter probability. Hmm. That's so interesting. She could, so she's like Domino in a way. Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that, those are the things that, again, when we as fans, we just want them to finish the stuff. Yeah. Well, and that, but that's the thing is that finishing the stuff requires a whole bunch of factors to come together. Um, You have to have the right talent. You have to have the right writers. It has to hit just at the right time. And that's kind of, I think the problem with superhero movies right now is that there are so many for such a short period of time. I think people are burnt out. I know I am. And I actually like superheroes. So I can only imagine people who don't like superheroes, what they're thinking. They're like, Oh God, another superhero film. (laughs) Whereas I see that's the big thing is that what they don't understand is they always want the superhero 
the superhero's power is restraint. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what they don't understand because in our society, as long as we have people who can go to jail for a crime they didn't commit, as long as we have officers who can kill without there being a weapon or any other justification, mm-hmm. as long as people get made homeless because of a technicality in the law, is mm-hmm. why we need superheroes. Well, so it's, you know, it is a bit of wish fulfillment. I think that, you know, that probably is a, a good segue to get to what I think the to- the main topic of today's podcast was going to be, which was, you know, sort of these notions of switching the race of different characters, like as far as the, what we touched on last week about inorganic and organic casting. I wanted to get a little bit deeper with that because there's been a bunch of different things where they've done some casting that's been different. And um, like I said, I'm still a little concerned about Doctor Who because I hope I don't really want to hear about a bunch of British Doctor Who fan racists <laughs> talking about the new Doctor Who. But just to like to open up the subject, you know, we're looking at superheroes as a form of wish fulfillment in some ways. You know, it's like you feel powerless in your life. You can look to superheroes and be like, oh, wow, the, you know, they they fixed a problem. They never fix big problems but you know they stop bank robberies and you know stop some super powered terrorists from doing crazy things and you know there's a bit of wish fulfillment there and until real recently that wish fulfillment had to be through characters that were predominantly you know not you know people of color i mean there were always a few not like us yeah, there's a well. There was always a few. There was always I mean, Black Panther's a fairly old uh, character, considering he was debuted in the Simon and uh, the Kirby and uh, Lee days of Fantastic Four. But you know, in general, it was few and far between until the Bronze Age. And the Bronze Age was all seventies, all martial arts. That's when you got Power Man and Iron Fist and Misty Knight and you know Shang Chi, the you know master of kung fu. So you got a lot of different characters then. But the subject that I was wanting to talk about today was about when you have an established character and they change the race, you know, or they maybe don't change the race, but they make another character of a different race with the same name, like Spider-Man's Miles Morales, you know. I know right now people are trying to call the new Spider-Man game on the PS5. They're trying to say it's all woke because it's not as much Peter Parker and it's more Miles Morales. I don't know what makes it woke there. <laughs> well, that's because I was reading an article, matter of fact, the other day, that Insomniac, the one that's doing the game, they have decided they're going to take the path that Mar- Miles is predominantly Spider-Man now. Okay. So whatever reason, Peter Parker is taking a break. And it could be nothing more than his age and like, you know, want a different life now. I mean, sure. it doesn't have to be something bad. Sure. It's woke. <laughs> <laughs> it's woke. How dare you introduce people of color in this 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 title? Uh, he's a totally different Spider-Man. I, that's the, the reason why I was talking to Phil Jimenez, uh, uh, artist, very talented, um, uh, at length at one Comic-Con. And we were talking about, he read something about 
like there was a study about what groups, you know, what ethnic groups liked what characters and why and all of that. And it seemed as though there was a preponderance of African-Americans that were interested in Thor and Spider-Man. Spider-Man, because you could be Spider-Man. There's no way you couldn't identify with him. And Thor, he was just so outlandish, I guess, and out there. I mean, he's pretty blonde, but for whatever reason, and I I, I, I laughed with him because I was like, well, I fell into that stereotype for sure that I did like Thor and Spider-Man. Um, but you can be any, you know, you could, race, I didn't think makes much of a factor when you have a costume that you're all um you're covered up in and i remember like mcfarlane uh todd mcfarlane talking about it. you know people don't know what race spider-man is he could be anything and i thought that was, and he thought that it was really great that that could be that way and that that was i guess sort of his impetus for having spawn it's like you don't know he could be black he could be whatever color but the issue is is the the, the fact that people are upset by these stunt casts where they change the little mermaid or they change the kingpin or or they make it so that it's mostly Miles Morales or you know a character who's been at this point around for what 10 years 15 about 10 years about 10 years about 10 years is it i had the first appearance of it i sold it when it started going up i probably should have kept it but i probably should i well i sold i sold it for 700 bucks because I probably, should have like, kept it. probably, but, should I probably kept it. but it's probably like close to two grand now. I'm sure. Double. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had the bagged version too, the unopened copy, and I was like, "I'm gonna." Oh my goodness, six. <laughs> six thousand. <laughs> That's crazy, huh? Well, live and learn. That's the thing about comics. I've had every valuable comic at some point in time, outside of like the first X-Men one. Yeah, outside of like giant size X-Men 1 and, and X-Men 1 and Avengers 1 and Fantastic Four, outside of those. But if you get to like in the la- latter part of the Silver Age and all of the modern age and Bronze Age, yeah, I've had, you know, I've had first Moon Knight, appearance Moon Knight. I've had the first, yeah, I had the whole burn run in X-Men. I had the entire Miller Daredevil run. I had. So which yeah. one did you like better? Did you like Burn or Austin? Uh, well, Burn Austin was the inker, typically. So he did the inks for most of Burn's stuff, whether it was on X-Men or Avengers, I think. he did. Yeah, because see, you look at Burn, Austin, and Perez, they each did little different things. Like, well, uh, Perez always was good with background. He didn't have just a blank gray-black background. I mean, there was detail. Yeah, rest God rest his soul. Uh, George Perez is like, yeah, he's uh, he's one of the goats for sure. Um, I have a signed Teen Titans from him still, which is pretty cool. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I he was yeah. My first Avengers comics were were that I think it was Avengers two hundred where he was doing it, and Bernard just left, I think, shortly before that. So. You know, and see, Burn like to do the mischievous looks, and uh, Austin like to do the super detail on the hair. Yes, yes, um, yes. I, I, but man, I burned. There was a period of time where just everybody and their mother loved John Byrne for sure. So, yeah, I, uh, I can't. I don't know if I have a preference when it comes to that but 
Burn, yeah. Burn, I thought one of the things, like going back to issues of race, I think Burn always had uh, different folks of color in his um, in his comics as well. My phone is blowing up. I think someone's back into town that I know that was out of town. Forgive me, audience, if you hear that beeping. Um, but I don't know. What do you think about stuff like changing the race of the kingpin? the subject as, uh, as well is i'd be very honest every time to make a change you get mad and you get mad until you hear why it's done because you don't like it done just to be done i mean the best example getting off the subject a little is michael keaton mm-hmm. when michael keaton was going to be batman all we could think about was beetlejuice sure and uh the, the dream team that's what we could think about sure and and it was his intensity as him trying to withhold the rage of seeing his parents killed, that made it easy to believe that he was Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm-hmm. And the same thing about the Kingpin. When the casting director chose Duncan, we all were sitting up there going, why? And then he's like, who else are you going to find that has this kind of presence at that time as far as coming in? And you can believe that he had the muscle and the mass to convey the kingpin sure and i mean that that's what people don't understand it's like uh they had this guy he and his wife would do cosplay for a long time and she did power girl and she was black they're both black she was doing power girl and it wasn't the cleavage it was the way she held her mouth that she was power girl Hmm. and that's how they they decided it yeah and i'm saying that that's how that's how you think about it is that every character has something that is just across the board, you know, from the first interpretation to the last. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the first character sets the bar or what, but that makes it so that everybody else has to convey that, even as their own twist. It makes sense. I'm going to take a cut for a commercial break real quick, and we'll be right back. And we're back. I had to attend to my dog who's needing some attention. But yeah, if they have good reasons behind why they change the character's race, that's fine. But I think that I think many fans see it for what it often is, which is just a money making money making uh, attention grabbing kind of stunt more catering or or pandering like south park has got the panda verse you know pandering to you know miscellaneous groups but i mean you know i don't think that uh i think that i can't speak for all black nerds and geeks and you know people of color that are into these properties i but i don't think that i think that if it's natural like you say organic and it's just a thing that's fine but I think that when you're just switching the race, there's always there's always kind of like a huh, why are you doing that? Because the end result is is you're just going to make it so that there's more intolerance because there are going to be racists who are going to be mad. There's going to be people, fans who legitimately have a reason to be mad, and it just makes it look like it it, it seems to increase intolerance in a way. Oh, I agree because I mean it's like uh, the the best comic book universe as much as i hate to say it to a degree 
was the DCCW universe. What was that? The TV shows on CW. Oh, oh, the oh, okay. so like the Arrowverse and all that stuff. The Arrowverse, and that's why I said Flash. it that way because you had the Flashverse and you know Superman. But my point is, is that they change race, they even change sexuality. But a lot of times, as we have mentioned before, the stuff was never addressed initially. Sure. Yes. I know, Dream Girl is a good example because they would have you know the, the boy or girl in the Legion of Superheroes. She just came off as just a, a normal girl of her world where people dreamed, you know, had she was just the strongest of her race. Mm-hmm. But when they did her in Supergirl, they made her trans mm-hmm. and they had a trans actress. So this entirely changed the entire the the, the scheme of the thing. Well, exactly. I, I think that the live action, I think the one way that a lot of. So a lot of things ended up. They one way to appease the fans is they say, well, this isn't that universe. Like with Marvel, it's like there's the 616 universe, but then the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a completely different universe. I was like, I don't know. I I did know at one point in time, but I'm I'm losing my memory. But it was like a 19,000 something or another. But it, each universe was different. And so they just would say, well, this is a, like Earth 2 and, and DC, that kind of thing. Um, right. And so then people, most of the fans were like, oh, okay, that's fine. This isn't, this isn't part of, this isn't necessarily my fill in the blank, but this is a different interpretation of that. And I think that most fans appreciate the multiverse aspect of being able to do some different casting. Um, I do feel like some of it has died down, but I think that some of it is like, I, I think if you cast any kind of actor or actress that isn't what that character was in any book or movie or television show or comic i think that you're gonna you know there's there's a problem you know there's there's a problem that's the same as best example is will smith is dead shot sure but i did anyone even complain about that i don't think anybody even complained did they complain about that no no one complained about it but it changed the entire concept because Originally, they had Deadshot was just another villain, just running sure. a villain. And then the 50th anniversary, they made a direct, as they say, a partner on the other side, best upon Ella McQueen, partner on the other side. Essentially a mirror version of yourself, but they're a villain. Mm-hmm. And so when Batman's Bruce Wayne parents got killed, that same night, a Lieutenant Gordon killed a husband-wife criminal team mm-hmm. in front of their son. Mm-hmm. And that son grew up to be basically the Batman equivalent, except he used the gun and he was going to hunt down Commissioner Gordon. And that's the origin of Deadshot in that particular universe? No, that was another character all entirely, but they got rid of him and basically made Deadshot take his place. Oh, I see. Because Deadshot was basically a person who just loved to shoot because he was bored. Mm -hmm. And then he decided to start hunting animals. And then he decided to start hunting people. Like he became a mercenary, right? Yeah, and he was rich, so he really didn't need money. And that's how he was equally equivalent to Bruce Wayne. He was rich too. Well, and so what was interesting, I always felt like that was an interesting pocket of the DC universe. You had your dead shots, you had your death strokes, these guys that were super capable, almost like Batman, super capable, but villains. But it definitely was much later than it was it was modern age stuff 
for the most part. Because, right, I mean, Deathstroke's right. first appearance was in that, what, Teen Titans 2? Titans. Yeah, yeah, Titans. Yeah. So with the whole Judas contract, which is bringing back good old George Perez, that was a brilliant story. Um, you know, yeah, so it's an interesting thing. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't see anyone complain about that. They just come, I, I, I don't know... Huh. I don't I, I wonder when it comes to who complains about these things, where the complaints are actually coming from, if it's coming from fans, if it's coming from, you know, weirdo incel racists that just want to start trouble like that. They haven't gotten their fill of 4chan and 8chan yet. <laughs> Or if it's, you know, just, I don't know what it is, because sometimes I think... Well, it's, it's a little bit of all of it, because, I mean, you think about it, some people that might have been, like, when we were kids, what was the biggest thing that a lot of white women liked, and when I said it now, because they're women now, mm -hmm. strawberry shortcake, because strawberry shortcake was a representation of redheads. Sure. You think that was part of it? Well, I mean, she was she was one of the first characters, really, that was a redhead, other than Lucy. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's true. You see a lot of redheads who, if they were a child, then they still care about strawberry shortcake. Hmm. But we also remember that they had other berries that represent other races like Barbie. Yeah, the different berries were different shades, complexions, or whatever. What right. They had peach that was black. Huh. I did not know they had a, a black strawberry shortcake. She used peaches and she was black. My sister had her. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I don't know if we're going to be able to solve that issue <laughs> tonight, but my dog is getting antsy, so and I'm the one person watching our our dog. But do you have uh, some nopes for uh, the audience? It's been about an hour, so it's not not our longest uh, episode, but do you have some nopes and some dopes? Well, the news dope is that uh, Sony has said that they're going to take voice actors. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep them for a while. What do you mean? For their games, for the PlayStation. Oh, good. Well, that's good. So, that's your and the and the dope is Microsoft is considering also going digital for their actors. Oh, nice. I said dope. Nope. That's a that's a that's a nope. Yes. Because they're doing that so that, you know, the actor strike, they figured that's a way of getting around to make sure their games are still coming out. Hmm. Is that, that a wizard shirt, sir? That is. I'm wearing a wizard's uh, Ralph Bakshi shirt. Let Fritz me grab... is dead? Uh, <laughs> yep. Hold on one second. This dog is being crazy. One second. going to have to have a technical difficulty sign that's just my dog and his ball <laughs> that will work but yes for those listening i'm wearing a ralph bakshi movie the wizards uh wizards t-shirt where love is on the cover riding the i don't know what it was it was kind of a dragon kind of thing that he was writing uh one of my I favorite said. one of my favorite uh animated movies probably ruined me <laughs> completely yeah fritz is dead fritz is dead yep yep what <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it was <laughs> such a check it out if for ladies and gentlemen, if it's not super hard to come by, I think you can get it for like five bucks on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah, Wizards by Ralph Bakshi, same guy who did uh the early Lord of the Rings trilogies. Uh as animation. As animation. Did I think he did Fritz the Cat and he did heavy traffic and some other stuff. More adult some of heavy metal. Yeah, and some of heavy metal. He was early adult animation in America. I mean, there's always been adult animation in Japan and the East, but early uh Western uh adult animation. Uh, like heavy metal and all that stuff, you know. So they would show some some naughty things <laughs> on occasion. Seems but wizard, like. yes. But wizards was great. I've been tell I tell people about it all the time. Yeah. So you good eye. You're not able to see this, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listening. But yes, uh, Taryn, I stood up chasing my dog around, uh, and, and Terrence spotted good eye uh, my wizards uh, t-shirt. But um, my nope is uh, I heard uh, Simon Pegg. This is I'm late comer to this, but apparently there's a quote out there. Simon Pegg, who is, you know, super fuzz and or hot fuzz and Shaun of the Dead and Spaced, all of which I love, um, has a quote. This, I guess, was in July. So it's news to me. But he said, uh, this is a quote, this culture of infantilized adulthood, all these grown ass men arguing about effing superheroes online. And meanwhile, the world is falling apart in so many different ways. And that's why we will all go to hell because no one will grow the F up anymore. Everybody's so plugged into being a child. You know, I've aged out of a lot of what people assume I'm about. I don't feel that I'm like that geeky guy anymore, particularly. I don't have the same interests I had when I was 35 or 40 even. I'd much rather watch Secession than some sci-fi. And that's a nope. I mean, he's, uh, I, I get his point because yes, the world is falling apart. And I don't think uh, people fighting about superheroes is helping that. <laughs> but at the same time, I think, you know, just like what you like and it's okay. I don't think it's necessarily being infantilized. Uh, I do think you need to have a proper uh, balance of, you know, social action, political action, um, charitable giving, helping your small ecosystem, and, you know, occasionally watching a superhero film or playing Dungeons and Dragons. I don't think it's going to kill anything. And frankly, stuff like su su succession bores the heck out of me because I don't need yet another story of some powerful, rich family trying to screw each other over i feel like you know we've been watching that place in shakespeare so <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't think that's necessarily the height of human creativity uh <laughs> watching well, a business any idea and that is that you know we all have our own way of surviving trauma that's the sure. best way to put it and trauma unfortunately be a scale of zero to infinite mm -hmm. and you know i mean it might be as simple as throwing a tootsie roll in your mouth to going to have to play a video game for a week sure but if our escape i mean to me our escape is no more wrong than you hear 
he talks about problems in the world. Okay, let's talk about problems in the world. We have an American society. They will fight because of pride and ego in our very government before things are accomplished. Sure, sure. We can have we have a completely ineffectual government that will tie up, you know, any kind of forward progress because you know someone wants to have uh, a bill that supports you know gay marriage. I, we'll tie up everything to prevent it. People will do that. Exactly. I mean, People the best will... example is let's say we found a cure for cancer. Let's just throw it out a cure for cancer, and Mitch McConnell is in charge. Okay, he says, well. Is done by a liberal. Yeah, well, we're not going to release it. That's yeah, so, the state we're in right now. And yeah, that's so not a good state. And so I don't think watching Succession or, uh, you know, Avengers Endgame is going to move that needle. Exactly. <laughs> uh, until the, 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 the about, needle you know, will have to be moved by far different people than that i mean and it may require the whole plant being on fire and people saying you know we're done with this supposed representative government because it's not representing anything or anyone except special interests and in small groups um so yeah i you know i i do get his point i think it is a bit ridiculous to take any of these fictional things so seriously that you are arguing at the top of your lungs about it um but i do think they're fun things to talk about and fun things to to cover because you know they're fun and i think in a world that's becoming increasingly grim and dark like ours uh any brief amount of respite you get which may be just watching a sci-fi show or playing a, a, a silly video game or a, a, a silly comic book to some people might just be enough to prevent you from being so negative in your small ecosystem and spreading that negativity around. Exactly, because sometimes when they talk about bullying or they talk about the shootings mm-hmm. for school and all that, how many of those things would have been inverted if someone could call up somebody and say, Let, I want to talk about the Moon Knight versus Batman or something, that that whole distraction could save someone's life. Sure. I, and, you know, I think that whatever positive impact I have on my world now or even in the past comes in large part because, you know, some of these things helped me put one foot in front of the other and stay alive, you know, and, and, and try to continue. Uh, Because, you know, when you're, you know, a lonely kid, or you, maybe you're a little shy, or you're a little, maybe smarter than you, people want you to be, or precocious, or what have you, these things can be your salvation, these science fiction books and properties. I mean, I can't even express how much I got out of Stephen King and, Ray Bradbury and Arthur C. Clarke and uh, and comic books and and playing Dungeons and Dragons, you know, and so those things helped me to, to to keep going, and encouraged me to help others to keep going. So I think probably a, a net positive, whereas Succession just makes me think corporations are evil jerks and continue to spread <laughs> their poison. So. You know, love you still, you Sa- a little Simon. Bit yeah, love you still, Simon Pegg. But I think you might be wrong on that one. Well, sir, I think that is gonna, I guess, a, a slightly abbreviated version, although not too abbreviated. It's been about an hour. 
we did we did over an hour oh good perfect well the fans uh the subscribers will will dig that um yes, they can tolerate us another week yeah they'll tolerate us another week try and get better about i'll try and get better about getting some news stuff out there that we like to talk about but you're just getting a window of our rambling old man blurred uh sort of uh meanderings in our minds and i I hope that you enjoyed it please uh where yeah yeah right you can uh find uh terrence at dragestorm at gmail.com and and you can find me at that's so quantum at gmail.com check out the that's so quantum show we'll be starting the second episode hopefully fairly soon doing a read through um you can check out the felicia day song that we (laughs) we wrote to another nerd princess um and yeah that we'll see you hopefully in about a week or so uh and as we like to sign off um don't be a stranger just be strange take care have a great week everybody